0: I really thank you for being here, especially as a someone that I look up to on campus, but also I think would bring some valuable information to our group. Being the holiday type of season and um, just as equally important, I figured it would be nice to focus on spiritual wellness. Yeah. And so uh, to start, I was wondering if you could give a brief introduction as to a little bit about your background, where you've been and what brought you to Mount, and then into some of the job responsibilities that you have as a university chaplain.
1: Okay. Well, uh, where I've been is all over the world, so it's kind of a a here and there and everywhere kind of deal. I'm originally from Kansas, but found my way to seminary in New Jersey, and then from there went to, had an opportunity to take a year off of seminary, went to South Africa, uh, down the Cape Town area, and then from there came back, finished seminary, and was out in Arizona for a while in Phoenix, and then more directly before coming here, I was in South Africa for the last almost 10 years. Um, and then came here in October of 2017 to Mount Union as a university chaplain. So it's been a, a little bit of everything, and I've, in all those positions, served as associate pastors, interim pastor, lead pastor, solo pastor, uh, business consultants in Angola, as well as being in South Africa some and doing a little bit of everything in between. So, yeah, I, I've had a, a few a few different hats that I've worn and places that I've been and, and opportunities that I have. Um, Yeah, coming to Mount has been a a big transition from from Africa, that's for sure. But um, it's been a welcome one. It's been good. What attracted me to the position a lot was just the idea to work with uh, young people, students, uh, but also faculty and staff and be in an environment where we're really kind of like thinking about things ahead of time. And. working on them and shaping you know how lives are being shaped and changed and transformed uh, to go out and be transformers if you will in the world uh, of the world of policy so we live in interesting times and so for me being able to come back to a college or university setting and to to work in this capacity was to kind of fit in with some things that i was doing and questions i was exploring myself and just where i was at in my own journey Um, love the pastoral work in the churches and stuff. But also was feeling that I needed a little bit of a change and that if I was after being out of the church for a little bit and working as a business consultant, knowing that if I was gonna go back, I wanted to do it a little differently. And so University of Mount Union job came up, and and yeah, it seemed to kind of hit on a few things of, of being able to still do pastoral type work, but then also get involved in education in and, and that area, and then explore business and, and other things as well as, as it comes up. So my job at the university is a little bit uh, threefold. I, I always tell people it's a threefold responsibilities as a university chaplain. Um, First and foremost, I'm sort of a a pastor to the people, if you will. I'm here to help students primarily and faculty and staff, whatever way I can in their spiritual journeys, faith questions, provide resources uh, for vocational discernment, develop programs, ministries that help people connect in a meaningful way to themselves, to others, to the world around them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or to their faith, or spirituality, to offer prayers, provide counseling, special services, help provide support.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: however, whatever is needed or required, um, as well as, you know, services such as weekly chapel and Bible studies, um, guidance to our spiritual life um, leadership group um, and others on campus, too, as, as it, would, it would be. So that's kind of the first part of the job. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's a the second part. And the second part is um, I consider that to be a little more institutional. Mm-hmm. Um, it involves things like public prayer, certain ceremonial responsibilities and programs, uh, whether it be our white coat ceremonies or pending ceremonies or baccalaureate or graduation commencements and lectures or, you know, whatever it is that there's a, a, a reason to have an invocation or an intention, I like to call it, um, there to do those things and to even structure, help structure some of those programs. Um, yeah. Also includes helping to hold the university accountable to its stated uh, values, missions, goals, and objectives. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of have this unique position in that you know I, I'm I'm here to do certain things related to things like diversity and inclusivity and gender balance and you know things like that, faith and interfaith. And so, these are all things that are part of our history, part of our goals, part of our our values and our mission.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: you know, at the university, I, I guess I have an opportunity to kind of be that person that asks a lot of questions about, you know, well, how does that fit what we're doing? Or we say we do this and and then kind of looking for ways in which we do that. And and also I try to collaborate a lot with other departments and organizations uh, within both student and faculty as well to kind of help further a sense of unity and, and to help create, I guess, I don't know, I guess I call it a synergy, if you will, around the different programs and initiatives that are out there because You know we all are doing things we've all got stuff going on and um it just it's always nicer if we can work together and so i just really believe that that's part of our witness as well as to be you know unity and and things like that so so that's it and then there's the third part which is uh some of my responsibility that's more community orientated um serving as a liaison between the university and any church relations we might have working with other not-for-profit organizations to help um, organize service learning opportunities, mission trips, internships for our students, uh, even our alumni, uh, trying to, to, to figure out what's best to do to relate to that. And then also working on the fronts of admissions and retent- retention and advancement as well, because there's there's lots of different opportunities to engage you know i mean you're aware we now have our columbarium project and there, there's a whole nother level of of engagement with not just alum but with the advancement office and you know what we do but then also providing services to 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 folks uh, throughout literally their whole life until uh, right. the end of their life and beyond and so yeah so it's, it's exciting i i, I get to be involved in a whole host of places and and opportunities yeah, right. So, so that, it that's sounds like job. it's
0: definitely it's definitely more than that typical nine to five position that um, most would consider their job responsibilities. But I think it create it plays such a critical role in the development of our institution, but also in the development of our students because that's what we're in the business of um, in higher education, and um, we want to inspire and produce young adults that are doing meaningful work and able to handle life situations in the best that they can. But um, wellness plays such a big part in that and having a spiritual sense and um, being able to wrap your minds around you know what does spirituality mean to me and how it's different amongst um, different constituents across campus and in life in general our society Um, how would you define spiritual wellness and what that looks like Um, maybe in a more general sense or more focused on um, young alumni young professionals um, which typically tends to be our um, typical viewers or our usual listeners to, to our series mm-hmm. and our alumni association as we know it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, spiritual wellness, it, it has, a, um, has a kind of a broad definition, but yet some very specific nuances to it. Mm-hmm. Um, from a general perspective, I think spiritual wellness could be defined as having a sense of meaning, mm-hmm. purpose to our human existence,
2: mm-hmm.
1: well-being, if you will. Um, I think it would involve an appreciation of the diversity of life among us, around us, or in the world and around nature around us as well. Yeah. Um, in this sense for me, like good spiritual health would, would be something that's measured by our awareness to the environment and the world around us, our sense of responsibility to those things, not only um, not only to finding and creating harmony uh, within ourselves, but also among, among others too. And so, I think spiritual wellness is is that part of us that you know, I just think we're spiritual beings, whether we define that by the Holy Spirit of God or the human spirit or the great spirit in the sky or, or whatever, there there is to our nature sort of mind, body, and spirit or soul of sorts. And mm-hmm. we often do a good job at being able to nurture or attend to the mind and the body. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't attend to those very well either or <laughs> a little off track, but right. we don't always do as much for the soul, you know, or, or yeah. for that part of us that's forms that, that critical part of our essence, you know, what really creates our energy, what creates our passion, our drive, and, you know, I can find things that I do that I like, and I can feel good about them, and I can, you know, be mindful of certain things, and I can develop my mind, critically think about things, and, you know, have good mental health and wellness. I can, I can exercise and have physical well health and wellness but you know what do i do to be spiritually well or soulfully well what what do i do to nurture that other part and so for me spiritual wellness is is really about nurturing you know our understanding of who we are in relationship to everything else around us it's that part of us that really helps provide the balance, if you will, to all yeah. the other things. And for me, it puts all those other things kind of into perspective. Like it, it, yeah. it helps me keep an awareness. I don't get too centered on myself because I have to think about others too, because in life I am in relationship always to that which is around me. I mean, right. i love to be a hermit some days, but the reality right. is I can only be a hermit in relationship to the world around me that leaves me alone. So yeah. I still have to yeah. No, I, I still have to find ways to interact and do that and where I draw that energy from and what energy I choose to give to others. And that, yeah. that's all affected, I think, and part of my definition of, of spiritual wellness is that awareness and understanding of myself in relationship, not only to myself, my inner being, but my, right. my being as it relates to others,
0: too. Right. Oh, I love that. And I've been on this spiritual journey of myself, I feel like, Um, but I like having that generic version, but then also like examples to build off of. So I'm new to this journey. I just finished grad school and I've kind of alluded to this in some of the introductions that we've done to our board of directors for this alumni association. So, my very first podcast, I asked each of our board of directors to pick a part of the wellness wheel and explain, you know, why it's significant to them and what they're doing to work on it. Um, And so I finished grad school. I've been crazy busy for the last six years of my life, and it's been very unhealthy to my mind, body, and soul. And um, I didn't really grow up religiously, but finding that sense of, you know, nourishing the soul is something that... I've been trying to focus on now, um, being done with school and all of that. So um, coming out of that dark place where you just don't know what direction you're going, how you fit into the the environment around you, and um, trying to focus on just bettering yourself. What examples do you have of ways that we can better develop our spirituality? And um, maybe like taking it that step further for us newbies in the the world of spirituality, you know, like what examples um, do you have of things that we can do to Reflect.
1: Mm. Well, I think first of all, developing spirituality um and developing spiritual health, I think of it as a journey. I don't think it's like any one thing I can do. Like there's things I do along the way that help. But it's not
0: not an overnight thing. What are you talking about, uh,
1: Kyle? Not at all. I mean (laughs) Overnight things can help you but right.
0: um, no I agree um,
1: but yeah it's a, it's a spiritual journey to get in touch with the core the essence of who we are and mm-hmm. how we're created and and maybe even who we're becoming maybe that's a part of it too is we don't always give enough space to figure out what it is we're evolving to or changing to or being mm-hmm. being called to if you will mm-hmm. um now for some this can contain like distinctive religious aspects of faith and and traditions to help guide the journey you know prayer devotions worship and those kind of things but for others the journey is it's broader it's less defined by any particular practice or influence and is mm-hmm. it's really more a combination of, of things done to bring balance and awareness at different levels i mean Sometimes it's just a walk in nature. Listen to your favorite music. It can be, yeah. you know, doing a puzzle. Coloring, I guess, is a big yeah. thing these days, too, you know? And, yeah. and so, like, there's, it's, 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 it's a number of things where we take some time to be very mindful of our inner being, not just how we think and what we feel, but just that kind of slowing things down, I think for me, like the benefit of that um, and the benefit of of having a more balanced or healthy spirituality then is that there's better balance and more awareness of who I am and the world around me. Just generally, I can make decisions easier. I, uh, because I, I know what I need. I know what I want. I know, I know better my passions and my interests. I'm, I'm more at peace with things, even even when things don't go then the way I want them to, um, I'm still more at peace, both with the things I can control and the things I can't control, sure. um, because I realized that, okay, there, there's things going on that are just beyond me, and I don't have to take ownership of all of that. I just need to right. take ownership of the things about me, and so, you know, I just think that, yeah, there's a number of things that you can do. You, you really, you know, you, I guess you have to find your own truth, if you will. Like you have to find what works. I mean, you know, I come from the background, a a Christian background. There's lots of like spiritual disciplines and practices from fasting and prayer to reading scripture, to breathing certain ways, to, you know, labyrinths, retreats, um, just anything that causes us to kind of stop a little bit in our tracks. And and think a little bit differently about our life in the way that we always think about it and just kind of look at things from a perspective and saying you know okay i'm feeling this or i'm thinking this but what's behind that what's what's what goes deeper than just that i mean so i'm angry right now but why am i angry what did what did this This thing do to hurt me, or what did this person actually do? There's something else going on here. I'm out of balance somewhere, and I need to figure that out.
2: So
1: yeah, it's being able to kind of like acknowledge that at least. That's the first part, I think, is being aware and acknowledging that it's kind of a little out of whack. And then the second part is then finding what it is that helps bring you back to that center and allows you to 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 kind of create more of that peace again.
0: Right. And I'm sure it's trial and error and finding out what works best for you. I know specifically one thing that I was able to do was attend your chapel services that um, are on a weekly basis. And it's that it's exactly that. Um, people ask why I go and I say it's a chance to be mindful. It's a chance to stop and reflect and think about, you know, how the world is acting around me and how I'm reacting to that. It, you know, they say it's like 90 yeah. percent of um, it's 10 percent of what happens to you, but 90 percent of how you react to it. Yeah. Just the chance to stop and be mindful. I really appreciate that word. So, um, what role does self-discovery and like self reflection play in spiritual awareness, spiritual development? Um, the article that I had shared with our um, alumni association at the beginning of the month, or just a few weeks ago, was about how spiritual wellness plays a role with self um, with stress management. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So what roles do those play? What are the benefits you think to being more mindful and being mm. more spiritually aware of your world around you?
1: Well, I, th- I think both are really critical things. I mean, um, we, we have to know ourselves and in order to know ourselves, we have to be able to spend time uh, <laughs> with ourselves, some time right. with ourselves at a at kind of a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's not the same thing as necessarily being alone. Right. You know, that might be a good thing too to to spend some time alone. But um, I'm a I'm a single person. I spend a lot of time alone.
2: Mm-hmm. I understand.
1: but I don't always spend time with myself. And yeah. there's a big difference there between, you know, being able to be alone or to be with yourself and and wrestle with some of the things that arise within you when you start slowing down and, and you allow those things to question and critical questions or reflection to come up and do that. Right. Because then I can begin to discover too a little bit more of, of who I am. And I don't think that discovering who we are is something that always happens on our own. I think we yeah. that's the part that's scary. We have to allow ourselves to become a little bit vulnerable and put ourselves out there so that other people can, who often see in us things that we aren't willing or able to see ourselves. Now, sometimes there's those negative voices. We hear all the criticism and we've got to really begin to balance that, you know, with, with the positivism and, and, you know, criticism isn't always bad. It can be positive, critical comment as well. And, you know, if we want to hear the good and, we also have to hear some of the bad and, but not to let the bad become the overwhelming voice. And, right. and so I think self-discovery helps me to know my truth, helps me to know who I am, what I'm about, what my, what my um, values are and, and those things so that when I hear critical comments or when it's put into the thing, I'm able to like, okay, well that makes a little bit of sense or it doesn't make any sense at all. Or, you know, maybe that is something I want to work on and I've already noticed that about myself. So let me hear what they're saying versus, you know, immediately jumping to I'm being offended, you know, kind of thing. So I think that's all part of it, that self discovery leads then or self-reflection can lead then to that greater self-discovery, and yeah. um, like I said, it's as, it's much about being true to who you are. You know, the things you feel, the things you think about, things uh, being able to talk about things, live them out, invite others to be critically reflective of you. You know, people yeah. who will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Exactly. And and so it's hard to do that if I haven't if I haven't been able to be very self-reflective, and I haven't been able to discover more on my own too because on the other side of it it's also true I'm my own worst critic I I can be harsher on myself than many others will be and and so with that in mind I also need to hear those voices that are telling me a truth too Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: you know uh, maybe there's things that I'm just missing maybe I'm just Looking for excuses to be mad at myself or not be as good as I know I can be, or so right. I don't know. Right. But it's one of those things that I also need to hear those truths come from other people too. So, so yeah. for me, self-discovery and self-reflection—they're they're critical aspects to our well-being. But mm-hmm. just because we put the word "self" in front of them, it doesn't always mean that it's alone right. um,
2: Ooh, by like ourselves. It,
1: it means yeah. sometimes that it's with others. But we have to be able to interpret it for ourselves and, and be able to apply it. So I always encourage people, you know, you, you got to find that one or two people that, you know, you can really run things by and bounce things off of and, and, and you know, just be able to to, to be critical of, of that and then to hear, too, and tell you, you know, you're being a little harsh, you know, lighten up, give yourself a little grace, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I
0: think
1: that's important, too. So.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. That kind of leads to my last question is um, parting words of advice you have for um, young adults, young professionals? Um, I think of like two com- layers of complexity that we could add to this. We're in such a busy world that, you know, spending time alone and finding the time to do that, I could see as someone putting up a fight with that. Um, but then also, you know, we're, life is a journey. I, I would like to say. And so that self-discovery piece, we're all still developing. Um, but that continues to happen throughout your, your life. And so what words of advice do you have for young adults, young professionals that might be new to the to the idea of exploring their spirituality or, um, you know, find those excuses and, you know, really just need to bite the bullet and...
1: Do something. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think first, like... I, A phrase that caught my attention a few years ago that somebody shared with me is like being intentional. So I want to lead an intentional, intentional, exceptional life. So uh, an intentionally exceptional life. And so, you know, exceptional, your life is exceptional because of who you are and who you've been created to be. And there's no other person like you in the whole world. And so you're unique you're you. And, and that's, that's incredible on its own. But so often we don't realize it because we're never intentional about seeking out how exceptional we are or can be or what is there. And so I, I, my advice is always to recognize that, you know, balancing stress management and spiritual wellness and teaching or intentionally seeking out purpose and and things like that. They all go hand in hand. You know, you have to figure out what works best for you. Like Mm -hmm. I said, some people love nature, others exercise, some read books, others journal. There's prayer and worship and spiritual guides and spiritual disciplines and a host of other things offered through um, different faiths and, and other faiths and practices. I mean, yeah, don't be afraid to explore either. I mean, right. I always think about faith and, and, you know, sometimes people are so scared to talk about religion and faith because it's kind of like, well, if you question what I believe and you're right, then what does that mean about everything I've ever believed? Well, it just mm-hmm. means you go back and you reevaluate your life in light of what you now found out and what you know. And how does it, how does it evolve and change? I mean, that that's the thing that I think you always have to be mindful of too. You you know, you have to make time Mm -hmm. again, Intentionally exceptional means being intentional about creating time. You know, when you're struggling to get things done and find time for everything else, it seems counterintuitive to try to take more time to do something else or to stop doing everything to spend more time for you, you know. But in the end, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to create margin. I mean, you know, you don't ever read a book that has pages that are written with words clear to every edge, every corner, everything. There's margin. There's, there's space between the letters. There's space between the lines. There's a border usually around. It. It's because we can't fill it all up. We have to create margin in our own lives so that your life can breathe a little bit and be energized by what it takes in. Um, instead of just being constantly drained by what you're giving out. And so I think that's probably the biggest mistake. I talk to all these young people in college and, you know, they come to my office and they're overwhelmed. I say, well, how about you come to chapel or how about you come? I don't have time. I just don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if you have time anymore to not do this. The reality is you need to create some space so that all these things you're taking in, all this stuff you're trying to do, has a bit of a space to process it, to think right. about it, to allow yeah. it to work on you, and, yeah. and then what you breathe in and what you breathe out start to find a better balance in terms yeah. of. You know, a lot of times we get so busy, and it's just whatever we go, 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 and it's all about what we give, and we never stop and pause about to think about what are we taking in. Because yeah. you know the the, the the adage is true. You know you're gonna you're gonna take in and you're gonna get you're gonna give out what you took in what you get. And if you're not getting anything in, then right. what are you gonna be able to eventually give out? You know we can yes. we can ride a long time on the fumes, but at the <laughs> eventually we, we crash and we crash yeah. apart, and we do. And you know people joke around about like having mental breakdowns or you know cracking or whatever, but they're very real things and it and it happens. That's true to the best of us and it happens when we can't and don't make time for some balance and for some things that that can feed us and and give us energy and you know trying to figure out what that is you know, right. it's always a struggle, I think, particularly for young people when they come to college. You know, they're, they're really trying to figure out who they are. That for, for 18 years of their life, they've been mostly 18 years. They've been told yes. what to do, where to go, how to do it. And yeah, maybe they had some independence and they got to choose a few things. But right. you know, they're here now and they get to make all the choices. And some of them, maybe they don't totally get to make, but they're getting to make more and more of them. And I always tell people, you know, what do you want to do when you get out of here? Where do you, who do you want to be? Because the habits you establish now. The kinds of things that you choose to do now are going to be what would take you on in the future. You're not just going to miraculously have more time. You think when you get done with college, you're going to now have more time because you started a job? No, oh, you're going to have less. You know, you're going to have the eight to five, but then you're going to have the commute, then you're going to have the house to clean, then you're going to have this to do, and you still want a social life? Like it just doesn't stop. Add a family to that. I mean, geez, my friends that have kids now. I mean, like I never see them. You know, and and. Yeah you know, these are not all bad things, but, you know, set your goals. You know, I always talk about um, the big five when I talk to couples about weddings, but I think it applies to all of us. And it's faith and family and your finances and your home and, and your work. And usually all those things are related in one way or another. And yeah. we do okay if one or two of those things are in flux, but, you know, often is the case in life. Things happen that that change all of those situations. And when they do, if we haven't taken some time to kind of develop a plan or have some thoughts around it, a direction, if you will, Mm -hmm. then it's really easy to get flustered and frustrated and feel overwhelmed. And, you know, a lot of times it's just a matter of if you've taken time to think about those and it's just a matter of taking some time creating that space, going back to the values, your own core values, your truth, what it is that helps you recenter, reflect, whether it's breath players or reading scripture or taking a bike ride or whatever it is, but bringing back yourself into balance. That's what spiritual wellness is, that balance, that harmony between ourselves, inner and outer and the world around us. And, and, and then... Things find a way of working themselves out, I feel like, in that end. So yeah, my advice is be intentional. Be intentional in seeking the exceptional life that you were created for. And I love
0: it. I wish I had this talk six years ago when I was getting into that craziness and Me too. Now I, almost, now I almost feel like I'm working backwards because I'm going through that self-reflection that I haven't had time for in six years and past that breakdown point and um I guess to those other listeners that were also in my same boat, it's still possible. Even if you're working backwards, there's still when you make that time to be mindful and reflect and find the balance that there is always a chance to be a little bit more spiritual.
1: Well, and it's never too late either. Like we're not always going to get it right. Sometimes right. I can say all this stuff. Do I do it all perfectly every time? And do I not feel those same? Moments? No, I do. Yeah. But I start recognizing what are the signs, you know, When I start feeling a little bit more grumpy about things or people or, you know, things that are not totally my nature, you know, I start to realize, okay, maybe something's a little out of balance and I I need to go back here and reflect and and really check in again and and do that. And it's, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's only too late when you stop and you just give up and quit. And we don't need to do that because we can always, we can reset, we can recharge. And so, yeah, it's a journey. It's
0: a journey. Amen, my friend. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I want to be coming to the get going. Um, I really appreciate it. I know a lot of what your message was spoke to me personally, but I know that there are others in the same boat going through the same thing on this wellness journey of fitting all parts of the wheel, but all are just as equal a value. And you talked about the balance of mind, body, and spirit, and that hits about half my wheel. So I think I'm on the right track in that respect, but um, I thank you for your time and really appreciate it and
2: wish you all the best.